Hello, and welcome to A Kingdom Divided Prologue. We are going to be dealing with Siobhan Silveridge's youthful scenario when she is at Deerholt, and many of the things that shape her future life all come into play. We're obviously here with Jen, who runs uh, Siobhan. We are um, going to get started where Siobhan wakes up in her in the morning um, before other people. Um, it's important to like also let me give you a little bit of how Deerholt was in the time period as a lot happened after the banditry raids and the like. This yeah. was the key place that people of nobility went to relax and be away from the politics and spend time with their family and friends. This was the kind of uh, you mix Aspen and Palm Springs. It's like where people went to go enjoy things in a Oh, no, it's Martha's Vineyard. That's actually yeah, a great one. Okay. So it's definitely not near where the shit happens, but it's nice and it's pleasant and it's it's idyllic without necessarily them having to worry about problems. Now, also in the time period, the key families that are here are the Silveridges, the McBravos, and the Reinholds. Um, they are... Because of their long-standing connections, the McBravos and um, I think it's Reinhold. Hold, what is exactly the last name of Reinhardt? Reinhardt. Uh, the Reinhardts. Um, because of the Reinhardts, have no conflict or issue with the Silverages, and neither do uh, the McBravos. But it is why you are not seeing like Henges live here, and you are not seeing. Um, you're because they don't like the Silveridges for the most part, and you're not seeing other houses of Montemere come here because it's across the border. So it's mm -hmm. definitely a place where Silveridges are trying to connect to their minor houses, keep the nobility aspect going. Um, it is important to realize at this particular time, um, Malcolm is still the Duke. Um, uh, Connor is a is is the generation of your characters. Mm -hmm. uh, because his elder sister is here, um, Haley. Mm -hmm. and, um, Haley is basically the kind of a person you spend a lot of time with, even though your parents are here as well. Um, she tries to show you how to do courtly grace and other dignified aspects. Mm -hmm. um, there are other kids around. There's a local mayor. There's a blacksmith. Um, it is a random kind of Wednesday. It is not like a, a festival day or anything that is particularly noteworthy. Mm -hmm. But um, Siobhan wakes up a little earlier than usual. And uh, she's a little thirsty. Um, you're kind of crawling out of bed. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do? Um, Siobhan is definitely not me. Well, probably me in the sense of I wake up early and I'm thirsty. I go back to sleep. Okay. However, she's going to, um, like, put her out. And, like, she's going to get her a drink of water. And then she's just going to, like, put her out to see what's going on. Even though she's still in her night clothes, she's just going to put her out. Okay. Um, as you put her out, there is a uh, woman named Angus, Ang, um, Ang, Angus, Angus, A-G-N-E-S. How do you pronounce it again? Agnes. 
Agnes, yes. Agnes um, is, you can tell that she's up and she is beginning to stoke the fires. Um, there is a little child um, named uh, Emma who does like morning stuff, like as a little scullery maid, so she can kind of get her food for the day. She is an orphan that the family has kind of mm-hmm. adopted as a, uh, as a charity. But mm-hmm. Agnes and Emma are in there um, because they would start before the crack of dawn. Of course. And okay. Emma comes up to you, and Emma's about your age. And okay. Emma, oh, Siobhan, is, is everything okay? Yeah. Thirsty. She's going to kind of like... Be all the sleepy chicken, like rubbing her eyes and just settle on whatever chairs nearby. Still trying to wake up. You like all that's good. I, I had a nightmare, but let me get you some milk. And she goes and gets you a pitcher of milk. What'd you have a nightmare about? I had a nightmare that there. There was a storm that came and it blew down the houses and everybody was was alone. And everybody was what? Alone. That's sad. Yeah. But then I woke up and that hadn't happened. And so everything's okay. Would, I, I, it'll be okay. Would you like something warm? Mm, yeah. So she goes over to, and Angus brings you a, a warm piece of sweet bread. Okay. Um, uh, if Agnes isn't looking, I'll like try best I can to tear it in half and give her half. Oh, okay. Emma, like, takes a few bites and puts it in her little pocket. Yes. When you're that poor, you like don't eat it all at once. No. Um, so you're there with uh, Emma and Angus for a while. I, are you going to try to go back to sleep, or are you now kind of like, oh, I'm in a conversation mode, and then I'll I'll stay. I'm in conversation mode, and I'll stay. Okay. As you guys are talking to them, and 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 Emma tries her best to keep a conversation with you while she's still kind of doing her work. Um. Uh, Ursula, your mother, eventually kind of gets up as. You could now realize that she went to your room and didn't find you, so she guessed where you were. Mm. <clears throat> like, on. Uh, I, did you sleep okay? Yeah. I slept all right. That I mean, a- I'll point over at Emma. I'm like, Emma had a bad dream, though. Well, you're very lucky you didn't have a bad dream. Okay. So, Today I was told that you're going to go with your aunt and you're going to go to a picnic. So make sure that you dress appropriately for that and don't wear anything that will be overly stained if you happen to fall on the grass. Fine. Okay. Um, kind of roll my eyes a little bit like I'm thinking I'm going to go stain my clothes. You want to roll your eyes when she looks away or while she's still looking at you? <laughs> well, if this is me, it's usually while you're still looking at me. <laughs> I was never, let's just say, 
Subtlety was never my strong suit. I doubt it's Siobhan's. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you see that uh, your father also wakes up Kincaid and he comes out and he's he's like kind of uh, doing that like morning kind of exercise, like lifting his legs up high and, and stretching. <laughs> I laugh at him because uh, I just think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because dads are weird. And uh you hear a kind of a conversation gradually um of the idea that she's like why are you kind of so unsettled and he's like uh oh, I got a a letter from your brother. It uh we'll probably have to end our time here pretty soon and get back to uh, windbreak. When was the last time we were in windbreak that I, Siobhan, would remember? So you normally just spend um, the spring and falls here. Um, summer and winter, you stay in windbreak. Okay. And so what's the season right now? Um, it would be the fall, and it is probably earlier fall, so we're probably talking like September. Okay. So it's not weird that they're already talking about, like, oh, we got to have to win break. Right. Like, you're still at the age of weeks seem meaningless. It's probably that they're having to leave three weeks early. Yeah. Um. Your mother, though, is very much like, I I understand that we all have to keep propriety, but I wish my brother would not be involved in this type of business. Okay. Because it's important. The brother that she's mentioning is the Henge, not the Silveridge. Mm -hmm. So there's some type of hinge duty that makes her have to return to to windbreak. Um, it's important that you, at this age, don't comprehend these yeah. things. But you remember the glimpses of it in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and your dad, like, comes by after that, and he's trying to kind of cheer himself up, and so he, like, picks you up and puts you on his lap, and he's like, so what do you have planned today? I'm going on a picnic with Aunt Haley. Oh, that sounds like that'll be grand. You know, I think you should take her some of the strawberries that um, they've recently picked. And so she can experience some of that, too. I think that's a good idea. Agnes, can I have some strawberries to take to my picnic? I'll get you a little basket all prepped. And I promise I won't get my clothes all stained with strawberry juice, mother. She's like, don't give promises you can't keep. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go run off and get dressed for the day. Okay. And basically the last thing that you kind of get before that is... Um, Agnes basically says that all the stuff for the lunches and stuff 
will be I'll have Emma carry to go with you guys. Um, so none of the nobles basically have to be lugging anything. Okay. Trevon probably wouldn't have questioned that in the least. Okay. So you uh you go get changed, and of course there's staff that helps you because even still you guys are the you are a, a generation away from the throne. Uh, yeah. So there's still quite a lot of support. And there is very much... Ursula is... Ursula is used to a more classic kind of old nobility. And you can definitely tell that she has tried to impress that on the Silveridge feel. Like the Silveridge feel was almost like very nouveau riche, and she's trying to put in that classic, classic old nobility into it. Yeah. And you've learned that your dad very much kind of goes by her pattern at this age. Yeah. He doesn't want he he wants you to have a better life than the other Silveridge kids. Mm -hmm. Like. You have to imagine, he's thinking, like, Laya is being shipped around the country into a group mm -hmm. of foreigners, and, like, uh, the other is off into the uh, snowy uh, place of Icehaven. Yeah. Like, so, if, if we're gonna create nobility and importance at home, he very much supports Ursula's trying to make you more dignified and graceful. Yes. Um, and I can imagine you still being hijinky and trying to disrupt her at every chance. Yes, because, man, the minute I'm around, like, Caden and Lila, the, who are older than me, I'm sure the hijinks are many. <laughs> so, because Carrick would just, would still be, he would still be, like, seven or eight at this point. Yeah. Carrick, um, Carrick is uh, yes, Carrick would be younger, but like Caden is oldest. Yeah, Caden's the oldest outside Casimir. As, yeah, yeah but, uh, no one knew about Casimir. But uh, yeah, no, Siobhan always has particular fondness for Caden and for Lila because they're like older siblings to her, mm -hmm. even though they're her cousins. Um. So you get all changed and and your mom comes in and checks up on all the way people's stuff and she like tightens the the straps a little bit more than they should be. It's like, oh, you know, this isn't as perfect as it could be. And she she puts her hands all into it. Oh, OK. And because uh, it's your mom. She's like, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 putting my two cents. I imagine it's like that scene in Obi-Wan with a little Lego where she's getting all like printed greens. Yeah. So you, uh, you're given the basket uh, that you're, because you wanted to carry the strawberries as a gift. And then yeah. Emma Hill has like a whole little like sack, like where there's like plates and bowls and stuff. And then the other food in it. And she's like bringing it along. Okay. Um, as you kind of go outside, you, uh, See Haley talking to uh, her husband, 
who um, his name again is Carl. Yes. And um, Carl is very dashing for a man at the time. Your dad is like, he's not really like dad body, but he's not like as push forward as he could be, especially you imagine he was overshadowed by Rory is the manly one. Yes. Like Connor was the thinker and Sharon was the wise one. And yes. like Haley was the beauty and like Kincaid is like the last kid of like, I don't know where my place is. Yeah. He's like the baby. Yeah. And so he very much kind of like falls into place, but like Carl is manly. Carl is, he was a knight and he did some time with the crusades and, and he has held house Reinhardt together. Mm -hmm. And, um, they have, um, Hans who is like five. Yeah. And so like Hans is like, like, poking with the stick in a tree kind of mm -hmm. and uh Carl and Haley are like sitting next to each other and looking lovingly. Mm -hmm. Uh as you kind of come out, she uh she's like, oh okay. And so she kisses Carl and then like walks up to you. And this is like a very generic kind of picture of Haley in the Discord. Okay, in the general chat? Sorry. Or just to me? It's in yeah it's gonna be in there you go. Okay. Um, very much the classic Fedor vibe. Yes. Um, <coughs> and uh, Carl, Carl kind of gives her a little whap on the butt as she's kind of going away and she's like, hey, around the joint. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Carl kind of picks up Hans and uh, he goes over to Kincaid and is like, "Hey, let's uh, let's go do some writing." He's like, "Oh, okay." And so he's doing manly things. Yeah, he like kind of straps Hans kind of to uh, his uh, his chest, almost like a baby carrier as they go writing. Mm -hmm. But okay. uh, Haley's there, and she's like, "Oh, I found this nice little place. I think you'd be interested in." And I would like you. Do you think? that you touch Haley as a greeting, or is it very much, I uh, want to be overly proper, even with close family intimates at this time? Because you haven't lost anybody yet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think um, when she is giving her the strawberries as a gift, she wants to be, she wants to do that properly because she's been learning how to be a proper lady. So she wants to show Haley she can do that. But the minute that that's all done, she's going to be like, you know, throw her arms around her and you're my aunt. I'm going to hug you and your family. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that very weird feeling when you're a kid and like you're feeling electricity, like out of like a light socket or something. Yes. It's that weird kind of numbing, but not like painful. Yeah. You feel that as you kind of go and like give a hug to Haley. Okay. You don't really have the words to articulate it. It just is very different. That's weird. And it is even one of these things that <laughs> honestly, your attention isn't focused enough 
in a few minutes you're going to forget it, but you're going to remember it as an adult. Okay. okay. All right. And so Haley's like, oh, these are wonderful strawberries. And I imagine that I saw you with that pail going out and, 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 and watering them a few days ago. Well, I mean, Mother says that if we're going to like grow things, we need to learn where they come from. So I don't know if I need to necessarily know how plants grow, though. You need to know how plants grow because you need to know what's safe to eat when they put it on your plate. You need to know what to ask for if someone says what you like and you need to to know where foreign plants are from so you can try those unique things so like strawberries here are wonderful and nice for us here but there are fruit from faraway places that are the most magical and unique things to us like what so there is you know how like a cat is fuzzy yeah there's fruit that's fuzzy like that and when you open it up, it's all sweet and tasty. And it's it's kind of it's kind of like a green sweet strawberry. Javon's gonna wrinkle her nose at that. She's trying to imagine a fuzzy fruit. It's not going well. She's like, that sounds gross. It's a little different. I've only been able to have a few because they come from very far away. Where do they come from? They come from the emp- the Mercado Empire. Oh, where's the Mercado Empire? So, where the bell ringer, the sound cannot be heard beyond that distance where the bell ringers have not taken. That's where the Mercado live. Oh. Hmm. So is it a bad place? It's a place that just hasn't learned to... Hear the majesty of the bell. Mm. Like, they don't sing like we sing here because they don't understand the harmony. And just like how some people are nobles and some people are common, there are some people who have heard the resonating of the bell ringer and others who have not. Mm. But you're lucky because you've heard the resonation of the bell ringer. Yes, I have. She's going to nod all self-important because I imagine she's been to whatever passes for Sunday school and catechism for bell ringers. Exactly. (laughs) Especially because you are the generation where the Silver Ridge kids, they're trying to erode your dark magic pirate past. (laughs) Yes. So... Um, yeah, you would probably have been much more religiously trained than most of the other nobles on the East because Mm -hmm. there is no heritage of it. And you also have to convince the rivers, oh, we're totally for you. Yes. Um, you do see also a few tested around and they are, you're used to the tested being like the school teachers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But you also are seeing a few that are just kind of traveling through the town. Okay. So Haley is going to say, well, let's, let's, let's give, give this basket to your little friend and I'm going to go show you this little secret place I found. Okay. 
So you give the basket and Emma's like falling behind and trying to make sure that she doesn't create any problems. And she's like, so Siobhan, I, I, I hope you've enjoyed this, this fall so far here at Deerhold. It's been nice. And but mom, but mother says we have to go back home soon. I, I heard that there are some problems with, with Uncle Malcolm, and he is asking for people to come and hear what he has to say. But I'll be here next time that you come, so you don't have to worry about that. And I'll just get to see you when you've got, gotten a little taller and a little bit more graceful. Mm. Soon I'll be as tall as you. Yes. You know, height used to not be a particular thing in our family, and it has gradually become a greater and greater trait. I heard that Amir Ramirez was only as tall as the bean sprouts. How could he be a pirate if he was only as tall as the bean sprouts? None of the swords could hit him. He would be underneath the sword. They had bad aim then. He was very wily. Because mm -hmm. Amir Ramirez was a, a small man who was able to, to unite a great nation. How do you do that? Well, he had some friends. You know, you can't do everything by yourself. And it's really nice to have friends around. True. He, he had his his friends in the White Cliffs, and he had his friends who went around and got him secrets. And he had his friends who helped him sail. And he had his brothers. They were great guys, too. Hey, how many brothers did he have? Legend says he had three brothers. Okay. But we don't know what they're called anymore. Hmm. How could you forget your brother's name? Well, they did their utmost to support Amir. And Amir took a lot of the flack and a lot of the, the glory. So his brothers gradually went off and they made House Ramirez and they sailed around. But Amir himself made House Silveridge. And because they couldn't join House Silveridge, we gradually have lost their names. Hmm. Why couldn't but, they join House Silveridge? Well, because everything just has to have one founder, just like you're the first daughter of your father and your mother. No one else could become the first daughter, even if they had another daughter. You're going to kind of mull that over and go, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because after all, Siobhan is a very, well, what about? Well, what about? <laughs> what well, about? What? But what about? Um, and Haley's like, just like you, I was the first daughter of Malcolm. But not, but you had brothers and a sister, and I don't have anybody. 
I was older than you were when Connor was born. Javon perks up a little bit at that. I, I was 13 when Connor was born. But after that, there's a old joke that was around there that somehow the, the dam burst and we had, there was child after child and Naomi was able to have a lot of children after Connor. So, so who do you like best? I mean, do you like Aunt Sharon the best, or do you like Daddy the best, or like? And then she stops. She's like, I guess there's Connor and Rory too. <laughs> I like Rory. I think if I had to pick, because Rory is a lot like those other brothers of Amir, where. He does his best to help everyone out, and he doesn't need to be the front in line. I guess. I like Lila a lot, so I guess I like Rory. See, and your dad did something very special, too. What? So, you know how Ursula's dad and Ursula's brothers and sisters, they're sometimes very rude to your dad and they're rude to your uncles. Yeah. Because Kincaid married Ursula, it's making us friends again. I didn't know that they weren't friends. Well, they're friends now. They weren't friends before you were born. It's like if you thought someone didn't say something nice about you, and mm -hmm. so you talk to them, and then someone said, oh, you know, they like you, and then you could be friends with them again. Hmm. But then why is, like, my Uncle Henge upset with Grandfather? Well, sometimes people get upset when they're playing in a, in, in a in the yard and there's only one ball. And some guys like, it's my turn to play with the ball. And other people say it's their turn. And so just everyone needs to learn how to share. Yeah. Does grandfather need to share with Uncle Henge? I think Uncle Henge wants some time with the ball. Okay. Uncle Henge's name was Lucas. Lucas, yes. Uncle Lucas wants wants some sharing time. Yes. But I don't think you should worry too much about having too many brothers and sisters. Ursula only has one brother. I guess, but... I don't know, like, other kids have brothers and sisters. You have lots of brothers and sisters. Yeah, Naomi's been very lucky, but it's sometimes not always in the best. 
Like, Naomi did not feel really good after she had your dad, and she had to let be in bed for almost a whole year. But that's how special your dad was. She was able to have your dad and make him come into the world, even though it made her have to rest really hard because he was such a great person. Mm-hmm. Have you told dad that? I have told dad that. Okay. Sometimes it's good to hear, like, that you're a special person. Yeah. So, you know how I just said how your dad made friends with um, Ursula and and Lucas and Sean? Mm-hmm. So, I did this when I got married. I was able to go and make friends with the people who are from here. I mean, Uncle Carl's really nice. So, Carl's sister is married to the head of Montemir. The, the domain south of us. Mm-hmm. All those knights with the very shiny armor. Mm-hmm. Those guys. So, me marrying her brother tried to make all of us friends. Not that I wouldn't have married Carl anyways. It just made it easier for Malcolm to support it. Is that why he wanted you to marry Uncle Carl? He did not want me to marry Uncle Carl. I had to convince him that this was a good reason for me to marry him. Just like when you ask your mom to do something and she doesn't want to let you do it. And you got to say, but if I did it for this reason, would I be okay? (laughs) No, she wanted me to marry Charles Montemere. Uh, uh, um, Malcolm wanted me to marry Charles Montemere. Hmm. Do I know who Charles Montemere is? You probably would have seen him because he's probably 28 at the time, 30. So who is he? He's the head of Montemere. Okay. He's the head of Montemere. So, because Carl's sister, Sarah, is the, was the first wife of the House of Montemere. Okay. Okay. So, Malcolm wanted her to marry the Duke. She married Carl instead, and Carl's sister married the Duke. Yeah. But she basically, to like, for you to understand it now, uh, Malcolm tried to get them together, and the engagement didn't land. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah came in as a friend of Haley's, and it did land between her and Charles. Mm-hmm. And while everyone was together, she's like, okay, well, since that's off the plate, but my friend got into being the House of Montemere, I'm going to go marry her brother, her brother who I like. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm was not a fan of all of this because this is his firstborn. Yeah. Malcolm was like, he, and also at this time time period is actually right about when Timothy loses his wife, his fiance. Okay. <laughs> so, 
So it is absolutely the, just the generation before kind of vibe because, yeah, this is the time that Timothy would have just, like, she would have died probably with either a year or two from now or a year or two before. Okay. They are still in the court. Mm-hmm. The phase if it's earlier. But, like, Lucy Montemere is probably 17 right now. Like, the actual current head of Montemere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Sarah is a much more reasonably aged to the rest of the group. So, she's like, it's always important, though, to remember. You always want to have a lot of friends and make sure that you're your friends and other people you know like your family too. We go so, process that, um, and that's really just Jen's excuse for writing things down. No worries. Um. She gradually takes you uh, to this kind of forest glen that you have not found seen before. There's a little bubbling spring next to it. Okay. And, um, there is a white tree in the middle of this normally completely open glade. Okay. And you probably have never seen a white tree before. Cool. Well, if there's a white tree and I've never seen one before, I want to go over to the white tree. So, you go over to the white tree and um, just give me an even or odds. What do you want? Uh, Even. Even, perfect. So, you go over to the white tree and um, it gradually moves. Not in a scary way, but it's moving. Now, I've been around Lila. Have I heard any stories from Lila like this? Lila's kind of been directly told not to talk about Eston stuff. Okay. So, until her mother's death, she probably would not have even brought up any of this. Okay. Um, all right, so that's weird. Like, I'm going to look over Ailey and see if she notices anything. Um, Kaylee, like, walks over to the tree. And I, I, I know this is going to be kind of hard to describe, but I want okay. you to imagine, like, the tree is almost like pantomiming a bow. And it, there's a strong anthropomorphism dealing with the tree even though it is just all kind of like like some of the branches move as arms and others look like it might be this mantle of a hair but it is all very surreal of it still is just a tree it's just moving okay Bond's gonna be like this is so cool and like look at Haley like this is so cool. It's like you need to be very careful though. The tree is very delicate. You can't press on its bark or you can't touch its leaves. You have to be very kind. You can give it a bow, but make a point that 
You don't you don't damage the tree. Okay. So I'm going to give it a very polite and formal curtsy as taught to me by my Aunt Haley. You know how like there's the uh like the almost like a pirate kind of curtsy or like they almost like or like a uh a cavalier of the uh like yes. the tree does that as a response. Which Vaughn's utterly delighted. <laughs> like this is the coolest ever. So there's not many more of these trees, and most of them are here in the east. What kind of tree is it? So the people who had were here before the bell ringer, they had these trees that gave them wisdom and connection. I, I personally can't pronounce what they're called. I've been told it by by the tested scholars, but it's just something that I can't get my tongue around. Mm. There's a legend that why, like you know how Lila has white hair? Mm-hmm. That they have white hair because of the bark of this tree. Mm. So it's Lila's tree. It's a lot like Lila's tree. That seems to resonate with her. She's just like, it's, it's magic. It's like a magic Lila tree. It's interesting how Haley is not alarmed or reactionary to it. Mm-hmm. Normally, you see things as a child that are so unique and strange. Adults are keeping you away from it. Yeah. <laughs> Haley's just like, it's just there. Okay. I mean, Siobhan's at the age where she's willing to roll with it. Right. I just want to give that emphasis. Yeah, she's not alarmed because Haley's not alarmed. And Haley would bring her somewhere uh, where it was dangerous as far as she's concerned. Right. Exactly. Um, And you definitely get the idea that the closer Haley is, the more animated the tree becomes. And I mean closer by like the difference between 10 feet mm-hmm. and 20 feet is at 20 feet, you almost not, might not know it's a living tree. Mm-hmm. At 10 feet, it is animated like fucking Disney. Mm-hmm. And... As at your youth, you don't realize it's Haley's proximity, but again, it's something you realize in your age. Okay. So, um, the little kid, uh, Emma, the little orphan, uh, he, while you guys are like not like strongly paying attention to her, she's going to try to touch the tree. Are you going to stop her, or are you going to be like, Ooh, "What you do?" Um, I will, I will, um, yeah, I will try to stop her and say, you know, no, Emma, we can't touch the tree. Um, but. I know, I can't touch it either. Okay. And Haley realizes they were going to go, it's like, no, 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 we can't touch the tree. And Emma's like, why, why can't we touch the tree? You could definitely tell Emma's like 
I want to touch it so bad I'm willing to actually question a noble. And and she says, because there's an aspect of who we are that if we get too close to the tree or touch the tree, the tree may no longer be here. And that's why there's so few, because they're so nice and they're so beautiful. People want to get close to them, and then the trees gradually go away. We kind of want the tree to stay so we can see it all the time. Right, Emma? You're like, yeah. Yeah, this is nice. So um, I'm going to set down the food. And you see her, like, kind of organizing all the picnic-y stuff. So. I'm going to say, Aunt Haley, can I give Emma some strawberries? Because I know, like, she wanted to touch that tree. Of course. So that's my life. Well, you can't touch the tree, but have some strawberries. Yes. Because that's how I bribed my siblings when I was younger. <laughs> so Emma, I mean, sorry, uh, Haley is going to like spend some time and she's going to talk to you a little bit about like, oh, you know, let's talk about fans. She's going to be like, oh, if you hold a fan like this. So like, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's important not to run when when people are around. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you need a curtsy at these places, but not those places. And da, 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 da. Yeah. And so she's doing her best. And she also definitely, you, you realize that she's talking a lot about how to make connections and make people like you, which is the gradual evolution of. Yeah. Nobles like me, just they like mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And you're realizing in hindsight how much of this comes from Haley. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your mother is a little bit too harsh. Yeah. Um, Haley was the everybody's my friend. Let's and and she you get even the idea that she warmed Malcolm enough to let her do what she wanted. And hey. I that's fucking crazy. Like, can you yeah. imagine Connor to say, Connor be like, you don't do what I want. I'll make another kid decapitate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Haley definitely was the child that Malcolm loved as his firstborn of, Oh, this is my daughter and I care about her and she's great. Mm -hmm. And you gradually see his other children then being regu regulated to, I have to deal with politics. I have to evolve the family. But with Haley, he was a dad then. Yeah. And it's something that can't be imagined almost now, this mythical asshole Malcolm. He was really a daddy. Yeah. So you guys are there for a while, and the weather is gradually starting to turn. Okay. You are seeing that clouds are coming in at a pretty fast rate. We're talking almost like the, your, um, you know how like in like, uh, like Florida or the South or like places like everything be absolutely perfect and it's gonna rain in 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like that level of a change. Okay. And so you guys all start packing up and another kind of hindsight thing, the clouds look unusual. Um, 
as a child, you didn't realize how intensely different they were. Mm -hmm. Definitely is one of these like majestic, the clouds are crazy kind of paintings. Yeah. Not just a standard autumn storm. Um, Haley does not seem overtly worried, but as she kind of like kind of pick you up and get you moving, you feel that battery thing again, like the, mm. and it is slightly beginning to unnerve you. Like you're like, uh, I don't want her to keep touching me. It feels a little weird. Yeah. Um, and you guys are, are kind of rushing back in the weather. Um, it was about a 45 minute walk for the kids to this glade. Mm -hmm. Um, as you guys are walking back, you are noticing that Haley is getting nervous. Okay. Um, is there anything she's looking at that is making her nervous or anything I can notice? She's noticing that you guys are being followed, but you don't notice them. Mm. Because these people are in the thick of the woods. So she's kind of almost like double trotting it, trying to get the kids along. And she's like, I just can't run. The kids can't run. Mm -hmm. And there are two. Of them. Yeah. Um, but she's pushing you to move faster than you're comfortable with. And it's one okay. of those things when a child wants to run, they can run like a fucking marathon. When someone's mm -hmm. trying to drag you along, of course, how fast can you go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. Um, you're beginning to see uh the bell ringer steeple at uh um Deer Holt. Um, interesting, by the way, it's an object that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. The steeple, it, it was, is destroyed by the time you guys return. Okay. But it was the tallest building. As you begin to kind of get to that distance, you see that three men kind of come out of the woods and they are standing in front of you. In hindsight, you realize they have the tattoos of the Kanye. Okay. And they're like, I think the road has stopped. You should put down the basket. And because Haley's kind of like taking the basket from the kid of like, let's get let's get moving a little faster. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, you know, I think we can talk about this. Um, there's no reason for there to be violence. And they're like, there is a, an absolute reason. And he says it with this like cold sincerity that like you even feel like Haley's blood get turned cold of like, this is bad. Okay. Yeah. No, like Javon's going to start getting scared. And how close is she to Emma? And how close is she to Haley? I would imagine you're within arm's reach of one arm to one, one arm to the other. So you're on the left and right of her. Okay, because she wants to like 
grab hands and just be like, because we may have to like run. Like, that's all she can think of. And Haley says um, something in another language. Okay. Um, you've never heard Haley speak in this language. In hindsight, you realize that she um, speaks salt blood. Okay. And these people kind of like laugh at her. And you kind of notice like Haley turns a little sideways and is kind of like bracing herself into the ground. Like she doesn't want to get toppled over if they do run. And the guy goes back to just speaking absolute normal bell ringer and says, you know what we're here for. And she's like, but you're not going to get it. And he says, we will. There isn't a question. The question is how much you're going to fight it. <laughs> As that's occurring, can you give me an even odds? Um, odds. Um, you are seeing in the distance a group of horsemen come. Um, the group of horse, the horse itself, because that's the kind of distance that you're getting and you're also hinge born. Mm -hmm. um, horse itself is part of the livery of House Silverage. This is one of your guys' horses. Mm -hmm. And as it's moving on, you realize that it is um, her husband and your dad on horses mm -hmm. riding up to this. And Haley takes about a second to realize it, like right after you, because you have like that keen vision of a kid. Mm -hmm. And Haley gets a little bit more confidence. And she like throws the basket at one of them and just like bounces off of them. And she's definitely not holding either of you. Like you try to kind of grab her and like she like mm -hmm. gives you like, a comfort squeeze. And then she's just like, she doesn't want to hold you if she has to jump them. Yeah. To let you guys go. Yeah. Um, as, because there are three guys, one of them turns and looks at the horse riders, and you see him uh, wave his hand, and across the pathway becomes one of the smoke ropes, and it basically knocks through the horses. So the horses run through it and fall, and your dad, and, um, uh, what was his name? The, the her husband, um, Carl. Her husband, Carl, fall off their horses as they basically. It's basically like the horses ran into a rope. Mm -hmm. And um, while that's happening, Haley is going to charge the. Oh. She um, pushes one over, and now the question is: Are you going to run into the woods? Where are you going to go? She's now in the thick of them to give you a chance to kind of get away. I'm grabbing Emma and cause I assume I still have a hold of her and she's a little girl like me scared. Yeah. So I'm grabbing her and we're running. 
So are, are you running into the woods or pass them up through on, on the road? Into the woods because it's away from them. I don't want to go around them because they may get me. Okay. Um, okay. You are in the woods and um, I want you to pick a number one to ten. Okay. I got ten sided die. We're going to roll this baby. Two. Wow. That is the number. Um, <laughs> you do not get lost in the woods. You are able to track yourself and um, Emma back to the houses. Um, you are seeing that multiple houses are now burning. Um, that people are fleeing and you are seeing the bandits, quote unquote, um, Attacking key targets, and sometimes for people who are not their targets, they're just shooting like a crossbow in that person and like leaving them there wounded, but they're not finishing them off. You are seeing okay. them directly finish off a lot of the lesser nobles that are around. You get an impression that probably three or four of the McBravas are just killed right now. Mm -hmm. The aspect of the murder and violence is this first time you have ever seen and experienced this. And it is a big question. Are you too afraid to leave the woods? Yes. She's thinking of her trauma as a, an ad later adult. Yeah, she's too afraid to leave the woods. So Emma convinces you maybe we should climb up a tree. Okay. Because if we're on the ground, we could be seen. Okay. Okay. So you guys are up in a tree and you have this very strong view of what's going on. You gradually see that uh, Haley, Carl, and um, uh, Kincaid have returned. Carl is... Uh, is wounded in the leg, but um, Hans is still strapped to him. Oh my god! Okay. Um, and Haley has picked up uh, a kind of a short sword, and she is trying to kind of like find out what's going on. Um, as but just understand. They are not near you. You are seeing them enter the town at probably a thousand yards. Okay. So it's not like, I'm going to go run for help. <laughs> yeah. Um, as this is occurring, another one of these hindsight kind of things is you are noticing there is a definitive aura around Haley. Okay. Um. It is almost like around Haley, the contrast is higher. There is a spark of essence or magic or connection around Haley right now. Okay. Um, you see a group of Kanya hiding underneath the tree that you're in, and they are looking and prepping 
to kind of do attacks, but they don't notice you. And like mm -hmm. you and Emma are like just shaking like little leaves on top of the tree. Mm -hmm. Um, the Kanya say a conversation. And I'd like you to give me a one in 10 on, and you can just roll this. The higher your number is how well you retain what they said. Uh, six or no, nine, nine, nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, the concept is that they're hunting a bunch of people, but there are two key targets. And that if they can, stop these two key targets, they'll get what they need. Okay. They, they call it aspects like it is Amir's betrayal, that they're going to like reconcile, that we are going to recover what has been stolen from us. Um, is there any angle that you would like to try to focus your memory on what the what they think the betrayal is like like they, what what was Amir's betrayal you get the impression that Amir's spymaster was Kanye mm -hmm. and Amir did something to betray them, and they need something back. And this is absolutely like modern epiphany over ancient memories. Yeah. Um, but there is an impression, like you basically realize that they're talking about Amir's spymaster as who who was betrayed. Mm-hmm. And you get the impression that Haley and your mother are the targets. Um, they're attacking a bunch of nobles, but Haley and your mother seem to be the target. Okay. Um, and you see your, uh, your dad kind of knock down your guys's door and there is a, uh, he is, you're kind of hidden away from view your dad. Then you see, uh, falls out of the house with a crossbow bolt in his chest. Okay. And your mother is fighting one of the Kanye with two, uh, uh, a dagger and a short sword and keeping her own. Cause in, later on you realize that she was a trained fighter, mm -hmm. <laughs> but she is like, Fighting this Kanya while this Kanya is not, is giving no quarter. Okay. While that's occurring, you're noticing your mom has the same contrast issue that Haley does. Hey. 
And another hindsight memory, your mother never touched you skin to skin that day. She touched nothing. She touched your things. Yeah. She touched you. And it's one of these things that, like, you almost don't believe because it's like your mom's fighting like Wonder Woman. <laughs> and, like, that's like, you couldn't even remember or believe that shit as a child. Yeah. Like, it, it completely exited my memory, and I didn't remember it for a long time. It's in the suppressed. Yeah. Because never does your mom act like that for the years to come. Yeah. Um, And she is fighting solidly against the Kanya that she is with, and she is able to... um disarm one of the guy's weapons and he basically uh, retreats. Um, she's close enough probably for you to get near her. Okay. Going to risk going there or not. Well, there's guys under our tree. Um... I will say that they have left in this time. They've gone and do something. Um, it's still not what I would call safe, but there's a question of kids sometimes run to people instead of safety. That's true. I don't think Siobhan would because it involves like having to climb down and then she's got Emma with her. So, yeah. I think she's going to Hope to for things to die down so then she can go run to her. Okay. So as that's occurring, you can see that your mom's kind of frantically looking around and like trying to check the houses and stuff. Um Kincaid does like have an arrow and a line. Um, but he's still like he knows if he pulls it, he's out of commission. Yes. So he's basically fighting with the arrow in his lung. And he's not much of a fighter. No. Uh, Siobhan's mm. probably terrified right now because this is all scary. You um, you see that Carl, while he's like wounded, he's like kind of he's sitting down and he's trying to like find a way to like put the straps on so his kid is on his back instead of his chest. Mm -hmm. And while he's resetting that, um, a Kanya jumps at him and you see a similar, it's almost like a smoke teleport instead of a shadow teleport. Okay. Um, as it appears, as the guy basically teleports behind Carl and um, stabs him again, um, Carl got really fucked in this battle. Like, no, um, and he uh, he basically takes the knife that's just been stabbed into him and he throws it at the guy who stabbed him, and that guy gets stabbed with it. But that guy goes mm -hmm. down. Um. As this is kind of occurring, 
you see in the distance Haley is surrounded. Okay. And one of them is able to get a leg shot on Haley. And you see as she's kind of like now like trying to fight from like one knee one of them gets behind her and just slices off her slices her throat oh no oh no i wonder if siobhan's like suppressed all this um as the blood is pouring out of her as it as it goes to the ground it begins to evaporate into this smoke and the Kanya around it are almost euphorically paralyzed. Euphorically what? Paralyzed. It's like the spice. Mm-hmm. Um, at th that moment, basically, your mother is taking the opportunity of them being that way to run past them, and you realize that your mother would have left if she hadn't found you because <laughs> she's still looking, yeah. Um, and uh, as she kind of is like. It, at her like last corner, like she begins to kind of like start like looking in the field and she is knocked over um, by a Kanya about 20 feet away from you. Oh no. Okay. Are you going to make a noise? Yeah, she would make a noise at that because that's her mama and she just saw her Aunt Haley get horrifically killed. But that's the straw that breaks the camel's back there. As you scream, Mom, you see the contrast from her go away. And mm -hmm. the world to you reaches a color and clarity that mm -hmm. has been there your entire life that you didn't realize you didn't have before. Mm. It's almost like you had you were colorblind and now you're not. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be the way for the rest of your life. So it's not a topic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's just how the world is. I see how it in, in br brilliant HD 4K all the time. And you realize your mother no longer has that contrast that Haley had. Mm. Um, as you do that the guy like is about to kill her and then like he realizes that she's like basically not glowing like that and so he just stabs her hand into the ground and he sees you and now like the tree is glowing but you don't see that mm -hmm. and he starts walking up to you. Um, are you going to be paralyzed in the tree or are you going to jump and run? What kind of vibe are you having? I think because nowadays 
Siobhan usually gets paralyzed, but I win all of my willpower rolls. So I think her first instinct usually is to be paralyzed. I don't know if she would be, like, right here. So I think she would try to run. Okay. I think the the freezing deer moment is because of the trauma. I don't think at that moment she... Okay. She has it. Roll me your D10 again. Okay. Um, I got a nine again. A nine. Okay. So you jump off the tree mm-hmm. and you um you're kind of now at a question. Like if you run away, you're leaving your mom bleeding on the floor. If you run towards your mom, you're running towards the fight. So you have full choice. But what are you going to do now? You're off, you're out of the tree. And by the way, Emma just jumps to another tree. <laughs> Good for Emma. Um, I think she's got... Uh, Siobhan will run for her mom. Because again, this is before she's fully processed all of her drama. Which I think a lot of her response later on is after the fact in this moment. She's like... A brave little girl who's going to try and save my mama. Okay. So you run past um, uh, the Kanye guy and you get, because he's basically almost at the tree. You jump off the tree past him and you're, you're running to your mom. You get to your mom and your mom's pulled the dagger that has a, that locked her hand into the floor. Mm-hmm. Pulled it up. So basically she has a bloody hand that basically she can't grasp anymore. And then she mm-hmm. has, she has the dagger. Um, as the guy is there and he like sees you kind of like flip around, um, you see three more Kanye like shadow people, like, but it's still smoke. It's really important to remember. It doesn't look at all like what happens with the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's different. Yeah. So three more appear around him to a total of four and the other three are armed with crossbows. And they, aim at your mom and you and you're you hear the shot as your mom basically like picks you up and turns around and takes the shots in her back and she's holding you as she's now running with these arrows in her and this is kind of the moment that is probably a blur yeah she is running you like your mother could be dying at this exact moment mm-hmm. eventually get to the point where you find um carl and your dad have gotten new horses hans is uh like strapped in like almost like a sling around him because he couldn't get the back thing to work and yeah. they your dad um uh, has a horse for your mom and basically puts your mom on a horse and he takes you because he's he only has one arrow on the chest and she has three. Yeah. And you ride off. Um, as you ride off, the, the extremeness of the moment, like as you're beginning to leave, you see that the bell ringer tower blows up. Um, as they had lit it on fire, basically, it had reached such a point that it exploded. 
you eventually are writing for about four hours straight, um, almost just in a panic as the horses can't ride at this pace anymore. You are in the general fields that you eventually <laughs> find the uh, Saffron guys years ago when you met Lewis on that very like second game. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you remember the tree now, and that's where you're kind of like you're standing by the tree where they had pinned the uh, the tax collector. And okay, that that would explain her her fugue state in that moment. Yeah. So they're kind of like all like trying to like kind of figure out what they're what they're doing, and you. They're they're at a big question of are are they going to survive the night. But they're doing their best, like not to vocalize these concerns. And as stuff is kind of getting dark, they're seeing horses riding up with torches coming from up ahead. Um, because it's from the opposite direction, both like kind of Carl and Kincaid are like. It's more likely aid than enemies. Yeah. And as the horses come, you see uh, Silveridge troops with um, Malcolm and Connor there. Okay. And they are, you could tell that they were going to ride on and fight, but they can't. Mm-hmm. They have to give medical attention to uh, Ursula and Kincaid mm-hmm. and Carl. And um, they kind of begin to do that medical aid and they le- they your parents come like everything's going to be okay. We're with the soldiers but we need to leave you for a moment. And you're like, I don't want to do that. And like, what we need to, like, they like, peel you off. Mm-hmm. Like, they give you, by the way, to a younger woman who eventually you realize becomes um, the head of the house guard uh, that um, the Benetti woman. Oh yeah. 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 Wanda. Gregor, yeah. And she basically holds you while your parents give uh, Connor and uh, Malcolm the update while they're giving being given medical attention. And you basically find out like the reason they don't hunt these people down is if they do, these people, the family members would die. Mm-hmm. And so they basically set up camp here. They give basic medical attention and they call better medical attention because they, they realize Carl has basically taken two wounds. Mm-hmm. And your mom has basically taken two wounds and your dad took a wound. This is going to take them months to heal if they ever heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like it probably took six, seven years for your mother to be able to write with that hand. Yeah. Um, but that is the extreme moment of the time of Deerholt. Okay. Um, are there any key things that you wish to try to gain a cleaner focus that you might not have recalled? Obviously. Like the classic moment of as we replay the memory, we might remember other things. Is there any particular things you'd like to try to remember? 
Did Haley look like she knew what they were talking about when they approached her and was like, you know, okay. They said, we've come for it. And she says, you're not going to get it. What the it is. (laughs) And the fact that she speaks salt blood to them. That's not common amongst the silver. And in hindsight, it's not common even with the Reinhardts or the McBravos. Yeah. It's not, it's an Elmerin tongue. Yeah. Why would she have spoken salt blood? Yeah. Um, like I'll give it another example. No living silverage short of Ori can speak salt blood. Yeah. Um, I will say in hindsight, you realize the doctor who takes care of your mother, um, Carl and Kincaid is Ori. Okay. And everyone's like not saying who he is, but like everyone gives him a modicum of respect because he's right now in a hermitage nearby. He hasn't moved into Deerholt yet, but he was in a hermitage nearby that they sent to him. And he's basically the one who makes sure that your parents didn't die. Yeah. Um, okay, what else? Um, I will say this, by the way, because you asked about Haley. You have a feeling your mom didn't know. Okay, but mom didn't know. So then that begs the question, why do they want mom? I will also say that the weather was likely a magical effect. Yeah. Show their targets. Mm-hmm. And that's why Haley started sparking early. But when the weather mm-hmm. was full bore, your mother had the effect. And at mm-hmm. some particular moment, it was handed to you. Yeah. Um. They wanted my mother. I know that my uncle was doing something that was putting him in conflict with Malcolm. So maybe that has something to do with it, or maybe not. Maybe it's something that Lucas knew about and Haley knew about. I don't know. Um, I'll give you more on that. Like It's obvious that Lucas and Malcolm were in this conversation. In hindsight, they would not have... A messenger couldn't have gotten here quick enough to tell them to come. It's 12 hours ride from yeah. Deerbrook to Windbreak. Yeah. So they so, were already coming. Yeah, they met you at the six-hour mark. Yeah, so they were already on their way here. It just so happened this happened. And they were coming armed. Yeah. The information that Lucas Hinge knew something and demanded the families back shows that the Hinges and Malcolm knew. <laughs> the current knowledge of Connor basically saying, I heard rumors, but we didn't do anything. 
mm-hmm. is what he would remember. Yeah. Because he would have not been in those meetings with Lucas and Malcolm. Because, yeah. So he's like, hey, you know what? They come out and they say, hey, you know, we got to go to Deerhold. There's some stuff happening there. Oh, okay, let's mark, let, let, let's troop up and we don't get there. Mm-hmm. That's the way Connor experienced it. Mm-hmm. But you and hearing the aspect, oh, and that this goes back to Amir. Yeah. That there's some that Amir had made a deal with the Kanya, but somehow it connects the hinge, the Silver Ridge, and this betrayal of the Kanya and Amir. And it very solidly lets you know that Malcolm and Lucas knew, mm-hmm. and it brings you even greater knowledge of this is obviously in the diaries of Malcolm at Old. Yeah. Because it's not like he may have known. You now know he knows. Yeah. Um, And you also get why Ori doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Ori's like, I I went to the scenario. Hey, I patched up your parents. I patched up uh, Carl. Mm -hmm. Um, So this also brings into question Hans and how involved he actually is in this because... He's just a ba- like a small toddler, a baby practically. And okay, I'll give you a little bit more clarity on that. Okay, as you saw Haley die, uh huh, Hans is forty feet away. Okay, and you can kind of get the impression, in hindsight. As the screen to your mother passed her essence to you, maybe at her death he got it. Yeah. Because he's the only child of Haley. Yeah. And you didn't realize Haley was that important when you first learned about the Han scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, let's also kind of break down like so you know Haley knows. You don't know mm-hmm. what it is, you know Haley knows. Yeah. If you know Haley knows, Haley must have spoken to the Kanye. Yeah. She had to have had some conversation with them to understand what's going on. And probably that's where she learned salt blood. Yeah. It also then shows Hans probably had a conversation with them too. And Hans's conversation turns out differently, of course. Yeah. Hans probably says, Okay, I, I don't want my friends and family to die. So, did you enjoy the mysteries and the new depth and the... Yes. you learned? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um... Oh, some decisions are going to have to be made. I, I think where I'm also a little confused, and maybe this is stuff that will come out as I do more research, um, is why I felt so tingly every time I touched Haley. So, there are assumptions that I think with your character's knowledge, if you sat and you wrote it all down, you'd come to these answers. So I'll just give them to you, okay? Okay. Haley knows what she has. 
Haley knows what she has. Yes. Okay. okay. We're under that strong assumption. She says that to the Kanye. You're okay. going to take it. No, you're not. You're not going to take it. I know what it is. Okay. They're speaking at a, a familiarity of context. Okay. The fact that she knows what it is means she probably used it. Okay. Then when the weather is there, that essence of her magic, she can't restrain it. Mm. So that shocking kind of electricity connection is because they already started the magic of detection. Mm -hmm. It took a day to get there. Yeah. Because she's so close to knowing it. It was more resonant. And your mother was probably also electric. You never touched her. So anyone they were detecting was going to have the electricity. Mm -hmm. But first, Haley was going to be way more touchy-feely. And second, Haley knows what she has. Your mother did not. So there's some sort of magic that Haley had. There's some sort of magic that Ursula had. They don't necessarily have to have the same magic. No, and... and there is a defined moment where Ursula loses it, and you get yeah. it, and Tanya know it. Yeah. Like, you you now realize if your mother still had it, they just would have slit her throat like Haley. Yeah. So they're feeding off of the essence of the magic, but even in their, like, euphoria, that's not to say Hans didn't get some of it. I'm going to give you one last word, but I want to make sure that I don't go too deep in answering the question. Okay. Feeding is, I think, the wrong way to look at it. Mm -hmm. I want you to look at it as they've become whole. They've become whole. Yeah. So they're empty. They're definitely not, they're not a whole person. Okay. So they're like vampires. <laughs> Magic vampires. Um, it's more like, like Plato saying that, like how true loves are like uh, a broken mm -hmm. oyster that, like, if you put it back together, they're gonna fit perfectly. It's a little like form and and spirit. So when you put them together, then that's the Going yeah. down that platonic rabbit hole, form and spirit come together and they make the actual entity. Yeah, like basically, Haley and your mother had the other side of these people. Huh. It's very weird, but by the way, there's a whole story of how this is happening. But so there's okay. that. Yeah. I already have all the answers to this writ. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is, it is not that they are devouring or destroying, they're getting, they're becoming whole. <laughs> so I hope it does sedate you enough until obviously you get more answers from Hans himself in Windbreak. Yes. Well, and it gives me a chance to kind of 
recontextualize the whole backstory and be like, oh, oh, okay. I really like the idea of like, well, now you're like remembering this all these years later, as opposed to what you think you remember, which is um point for someone who's been through a traumatic event. Well, yeah. It's also why you you suck at the crossbows. Yes, because I would have horrible memories of that. So, like the swords are how Haley was killed. You saw her killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, the crossbows were written to you, your mom held you so that the bolts didn't go into you. Yeah. You felt the vibration as they penetrated her back. Yeah. Um, as a note, you were not allowed to go, but you know it occurred that they actually went and got Haley's body and gave her a state funeral. Yeah. Um, you weren't allowed to go because you were in a too, much, too much of a traumatic state, but they had a state funeral for her. And, yeah. Um, like, Caden and Lila might remember it. But so interestingly, though, the state funeral was she was put onto a boat and buried somewhere on an island at sea. Okay. Um, you remember being at Windbreak looking out the window and seeing the ship taking the state funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, that is an odd thing that like no one like when Malcolm died did he get buried that way you don't know mm -hmm. um luckily it's the only other person who has died um but yeah and you have to imagine that was a probably a big deal when Carl would have wanted her buried with the Reinhardts yeah but, um can't really because I was like, it was Haley secretly hanging out with the Ramirez's. Is this what we're this is this what's what's going on? It's she also fought like your mom, by the way. So it's it's an interesting thing that these women did have a lot of combative skills for their generation. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I um, did. So I'm going to stop the record. Um, I will give you the link. And if you'd be so kind as to synopsis. Yes, I will. Let me get back to here. We will. Uh, here. And.